Discovering the Power of Choosing Yourself. This is an inspirational interview with Kelly C.K. Collins. Join us on the Wellness Driven Life Show as we sit down with Kelly C.K. Collins, the incredible author behind the empowering book, The Swipe Right Effect. In this captivating interview, Kelly shares her journey of self-discovery and embracing a purposeful life. Discover the self-help studies that she embarked on and unlock valuable recommendations for personal growth. We'll also uncover Kelly's favorite book and get an exclusive, exclusive excuse me, sneak peek into her exciting future projects. Delve into the remarkable ways that she overcame obstacles after a challenging divorce and explore the reactions of her friends in this opening and revealing interview. Most importantly, immerse yourself in the main message of the swipe right effect and discover how it has the power to transform your own life. Prepare for an enlightening conversation filled with wisdom and motivation that you won't want to miss. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Let me share a little bit about our guest we have today. C.K. Collins, known as Kelly, is an award-winning publisher and former owner of Homepage Media Group in Nashville, Tennessee. After selling her company in 2021, Kelly embarked on a two-year travel sabbatical, and as an avid hiker, she's hiked two Camino de Santiago spiritual hikes and two parts of the Appalachian Trail. Currently residing in Middletown, Rhode Island, Kelly is focused on writing her first book, part of a four-part series called The Swipe Right Effect. She takes great pride in her three grown daughters and enjoys spending time with them whenever possible. Please help me welcome Kelly. Hi, Hi. Kelly. 
<laughs> Hello, April. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It's so great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to talk about all of your travel adventures. But not only that, I mean, you're really taking advantage of that and seeing different parts of the world, but you're sharing that with the world as well. So let's get started. Tell the audience a little bit about you. Well, I have a proud mom of three grown daughters, as you mentioned before, and um, I get to travel a lot to visit them because they live all over the United States. And that's really quite mm -hmm. fun. Um, the current journey I'm on really started in 2017. I had this trifecta of change in my life. And I my last daughter graduated from college and I had um, my 31 year marriage ended. And because of the divorce, I ended up selling my business. And so it's like all these things of how I identified myself and how I presented myself to the world were all gone or changed. And, and so I was starting this new life. And one of the first things I did was hike the Camino de Santiago in 2018. And that was, that's truly one of the best things I've ever done for myself. It's just go out there and take seven weeks to figure out who I want to be and what's next. Ah, and you loved it so much that you did it again. I did. <laughs> it's definitely something that I, I'm going to do someday. I, I just have to because so many of my guests do it. And I'm like, man, what an experience. What a journey. And we all should go on a little journey of self-discovery, shouldn't we? I mean, what else is life if we don't really know who we are? Yeah, that's a, it's a big big deal to, to take time to invest in yourself, you know, whether it's a life coach or a wellness program or a, or a hiking trip, a spiritual program, you know, it's a very big deal to invest in yourself. And I think a lot of people do not do it, especially women. There's, uh, a, there's a, there's not a, a deservingness that, women feel, I believe that, you know, I need to invest in myself. There's always something else that can come before the soccer program or the horseback riding lessons or the, the car when they turn 16. And I think I, I want to be an example that, you know, investing in yourself pays off and that you yeah. are much healthier, happier and live a joyful life because, because you do. Yeah. And it's an interesting perspective on that, especially women don't, I, for with my experience, I see more women doing it and not as many men, but I think oh. really all of us need to do it. And, you know, for example, like you said, it's like when you go on a journey of self-discovery, what does that mean? What does that look like? It's a little different for everybody, right? But mm -hmm. it's, it's really about going within and diving deep and you, you do go on a journey. This isn't just taking time for yourself and laying back and, you know, doing whatever, but it, it truly is digging deep to ask the questions of who am I? And I really like Kelly that you brought up initially that you went through all of these, this, this tr trials and tribulations all at once. They just hit bam, bam, bam. But you mentioned the word identity and it really shook up your identity. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it was, I was really wrapped up and of course my, you know, my motherhood and all of a sudden they're all gone. They all have their own places. They all are in relationships and 
that's something you want. So that's part of an identity change that's expected and healthy and, and you want that, but it is still a change. And, and so when you're in your late forties, early fifties, some people even into their sixties and that part of your life, it has moved on, I guess it, it's expected, but still, I, I, I think it's, I hear women say all the time, I, I didn't expect how much it was going to change how I felt you know, about myself and how empty the house felt and all of those things. And so, you know, really preparing yourself is a good idea. But then when you have something traumatic, like an unexpected divorce or a betrayal, um, on top of that, really lose your confidence. And, and so that confidence is a really hard thing to get back. Your intuition is a really hard thing to get back. And, and that's when you have to dive deep and say, I'm worth it. And I'm going to spend time Mm -hmm. on this and I'm going to get help. Because it's very hard to do it on your own. You need an outside perspective to show you who you can be because you don't want to, you're seeing yourself in a, in a way where the confidence is low and your self-esteem is gone and you need somebody else who can see the real you, the, the healthy, happier you that's waiting to come out. And um, so I, I really believe in getting help, whether it's a life coach or what, you know, a psychiatrist or or just friends surround yourself with really good friends. And that's more of the route I took, but it, it took them saying, I believe in you and you deserve better. And, you know, and them telling me that and me having the guts to listen and, and start to make a move forward towards that new life. Kelly, you went in uh, a lot of different directions for support where you had not only people, community supporting you, but also you supported yourself through kind of, you know, really going within through the hiking. And Mm -hmm. that's where we're more solo and we're just by ourselves. And we have those quiet moments that we can really tune in and listen to our thoughts and the things that come up when we have an extended period of not only the physical part that goes along with that, where we're pushing our body you know, to uh, I release a lot of that energy, right? I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of, that's an important key. Um, and to to just go within and, and work that brain muscle and the emotions that all come out through that. So I, I really like that you did all that. And I think that it's great that you went on the journey and now you're kind of leading others to do the same and tell me, how did the, the swipe right effect come about? Because you went on this journey and you decided to write a book. What is that all about? Where did the name come from, the swipe right effect? Well, the the book, well, so I, re- I ended up retiring. I sold the company and I worked there three years and then I retired in October of 2021. And I traveled for a year and I did a lot more hiking and a lot more solo travel and a lot more digging into, you know, especially here's retirement, another big life change. So what do I want to do next? And I was like, I'll go back to work when I find my passion. I want to find my, my life purpose, my what's next. And so I'm traveling and I'm um, really digging deep into gratitude so daily gratitude practice that is, you know, what I'm thankful for. And when this person said this to me, my life changed. And when when she said when the other person said this to me, 
it made me see myself in a different way. And so I really started journaling about all of that. And I found that um, all of this advice had truly been life-changing. And so each chapter in the book is my story of where I was in my life at the time, the piece of advice that I received. Mm -hmm. And then I interviewed the person who gave me the advice. And so there's 10 other women in the book besides myself, and you hear their stories and the not only the advice they gave me, but their story of how they learned that piece of advice. And so it's it was just a complete pay it forward. This is what I learned because my friends loved me. And now I want you to know it too. This is what helped me. It might help you. And I just wanted to pull it all together in one place. And the name came from, I've been dating and and I was I was trying to figure out like, how do I say, choose yourself? I'm, I'm researching the names of books and there's a lot of books that say that. And I started thinking about dating apps. You swipe right when you choose someone. And I thought, I want people to choose themselves. I want them to invest in themselves. I want them to work on themselves and find themselves. And so it's kind of a play on words on the dating app to swipe right for yourself. And the effect of that is mm. you take your power back. All of the power that you lost because of some kind of um, change in your life or a divorce or the loss of a loved one um, or a big life change at work. You know, you, sometimes you, people are downsized. And so anything that's been traumatic and hard you know, if you choose to work on yourself, you're going to take back your power. That's the effect of choosing yourself. Yeah. Kelly, I feel like, boy, dating apps, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I am so glad that I don't have to go back to that. <laughs> you're right. It's just like this. It, it, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? You know, where yeah. it's like, why am I like having to choose when, when you're absolutely correct? It's, we have to come to the point where if we're thinking about that, we should really be thinking about loving ourselves first. And right. what does that look like? There's so much work that needs to be done when we go through any major breakup in our life. When we have had a break in a very bonded relationship and we we feel so lost. And at first, so many of us are like, we want to jump into something right away because the bed is cold and we're not used to that. And we want to go back to the familiar. And yet it's that time that's given to us. And mm -hmm. I say given to us, not lightly. It's given to us to learn how to really love ourselves and to figure out what it is we do like and what we don't like and what may have gone wrong and how do we communicate better. Right. And, and how, how do you decide or figure out what fills you yeah. without looking for that in someone else? I think the dating apps, especially right after a breakup, are about validation. You're seeking validation through other people's desire of you or um, admiration of you, or they think you're beautiful or they think you're smart or, you know, when what you really need to be doing is looking in the mirror and saying you're beautiful and you're kind and you're loving and you're empathetic and you're smart and you're, you've got a cool life. You travel all over the world and, or you, your children are amazing and they're that way because you helped raise them and mm. start loving yourself instead of looking for validation in other people. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, I would love your, thoughts on this, but I've heard so many people say, and I did it myself too, where, 
you know, when you write down all of the things that you would love to see in your partner, right? And you just, you're very, very detailed and you just start kind of dreaming away of like, this is the perfect human being. This is the perfect relationship. This is how we both show up. And, and there's so much uh, synchronicity with this. Now, what is your experience with something like that? I did, um, I, I've really been into self-improvement and doing all kinds of courses and I have a life coach and I have a business coach. I, I really have just been so into doing all of this since my divorce. And I just, I find it so healing and so gratifying. Well, one of the things I did was, um, it was a video series called Calling in the One by Catherine Woodward Thomas. Hmm. And in that course, she says, write down in, you know, just single words, like everything that you want in your partner. And I think my list was like 19 or 20. And then she and said, the next exercise is, okay, narrow it down to five. And then ah. she, she flips it on you. And she says, now go be those things in the world. Ah. If that's what you're looking for, you have to be those things and then you will attract it. So if you want to travel, then travel. You're going to meet people who travel. If you want empathy, then show empathy. If you want, um, you know, some kind of particular sport or if you're into art, go do those things, go be those things and you will attract your perfect person. I love that. I was just having a conversation with my guest a couple days ago on the show, and he concentrates on helping people find community. And mm. he spoke about, you know, where do you find the people that you want to hang out with? Like, what are they doing? And I, I just, it relates to me in, in such a way as go do the things that you <laughs> want. If you want to be that, then be that. And yeah. so I really appreciate that insight. And I think many of our guests do too. And, you know, you really, Kelly, hit such, a, I'm like your perfect audience when it comes to kiddos leaving the nest and yeah. having that identity crisis that goes along with it. It's the natural thing that happens, right? But when it happens, we just don't really know how to deal with it because we were so used to something for so long, we got into this rhythm of showing up for them for all the things and the ball games and cooking the meals. And you're in this habit system of having the family life. And especially when it comes to a spouse, right? That's what happens when we lose a partner mm -hmm. in whatever shape or form that is. And our relationships, when there's a shakeup in that, it is totally an identity crisis. So I appreciate you bringing that up. And just for the awareness of others that it's very, very common. It is. It's very common. And, you know, as I was doing book tour, you know, book discussions, book clubs, book signings, and I'm meeting all these women, I'm, you know, anywhere from 45 to 65, maybe even a little younger. And I started seeing that common thread of, I love my life, but mm. there's something missing. I feel a little bit of a void. I, you know, I've raised my family uh, or I am raising my family and I have a great career or I had a great career, but there's something missing. Like I really do love my life and I appreciate it, but there's something missing. And I read this book called Holy Moments that my cousins uh, gave me. 
And I was developing a, a new program for women to figure out like to how to answer that question of what's missing. And I got the book and, and it said that it, that doesn't mean something's wrong when you feel that way. It actually means something is very, very right. Your soul, your heart, your mind, and your body are telling you that you're being called to something new, that it's time to start the next chapter. And he called it a sacred truth that you are supposed to go explore. And if you don't go explore it, it's a tragedy. That's what he said. And I was just like, wow, that is, that is holy, you know, to, 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 it's a sacred call into the next part of your life. It's mm. actually not a bad thing or something that needs to be fixed. It's a beautiful thing and it's a yeah. wonderful thing. And you just have to find a way to step into that. And that was, that was kind of my new life purpose was how can I help women do what I did and step into their life purpose? How, so I was just started working on creating a process for that and a program for that and and it's just been so exciting because every woman I talk to is just like, oh, yeah, I definitely feel that way. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I love so that, Kelly. Thing, they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> it makes me think of like this is happening for me, not mm-hmm. to me. Yes. And so I really like that description and, and the play on that different perspectives of such a term, you know, and really the way that we view things that happen in life, because life is not easy. We definitely have the ups and downs. And then we have the times that if we choose to make it more traumatic, it will be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and so the perspective really matters. We're going to go into our first commercial. And when we get back, I, Kelly, would really love to know your experience on your sabbatical and what that journey was like for you. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to Kim Jacobs. Consulting.com. That's Kim Jacobs 
KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching, and we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. And one little notation on that. This is an exciting time, just like Les Brown said, because Kim Jacobs, who is my coach, obviously her mentor is Les Brown, and she is offering a interview session with the man himself. So if anyone's interested, I would jump on that right away. It's very exciting time. So back to you, Kelly. I want to know about your exciting adventures on the sabbatical, like how did you plan for the travel? What made you want to go in that direction? And why do you feel that it is such a healing aspect for you? I, you know, when I first decided to do it, I thought I'd be in Europe like the whole time. <laughs> but I just started kind of listening to what the universe brought to me. Like I, mm. um, I met people, I was invited to go on things. Like the first thing I did was go with my best friend, whose name is also Kelly, and we went to the Grand Canyon. We wanted to do something really monumental. It was her 50th birthday and my retirement. And so we went and hiked the Grand Canyon and then we went to Utah and we did three of the national parks there. Just, it's so awe-inspiring and it really, it doesn't make me feel small, it, but it made my problems feel small. And the vastness of it also reminded me of the vastness of opportunity I have in my life. And just the fact that I'm standing there and that I could, I had the means and the, the desire to go, that, that's really important to, to recognize when you're standing in a place like that. And um, following that, one of our uh, best friends, since I was 19 years old, um, had a sailboat and he was going on a sailing rally and he asked me if I would go. And at first I was like, no, I don't know how to sail. And <laughs> I said, but I can cook. And so I ended up going on the 30 day sailing rally from Los Angeles to La Paz, Mexico. And that was just the opportunity of a lifetime. And um, a long time. Yeah, at long time. you're on land part of it, but it, it, you know, just for like one day to go in and get provisions and stuff. So, but it was, it was really exciting. And, and because it was a rally, there was 150 other boats and, mm. uh, and you meet all those people when there's, there's evenings where there's parties and a band. And, and I, I started talking to people about, you know, they're curious, what's this girl from Nashville doing on a boat in Mexico? <laughs> So, because there's no sailboats in, in Tennessee, right? And so that, that was, I was a curiosity to them. Um, but I started saying, where do you think I should go? And so I, and I ended up going to Buenos Aires on the recommendation of one of them. Um, and I went to Portugal and I knew I was going to hike a second Camino in Portugal, but then I learned go to the Southern region, the Algarve region of Portugal, which I'd never heard of. And I went and visited because of people I, I met on that trip. And, and then I had a reunion in Spain with the people I met in 2018 that became my Camino family. And we wow. hiked together for two weeks. And then, um, and then my, my oldest daughter was getting married in um, the Cape Cod area in Massachusetts. And so came home and spent about a month in the Boston area and really just got to know New England. And that's when I ended up wow 
uh, deciding to spend some time in Rhode Island. So pretty mm -hmm. crazy. It just rolled. And a lot of it was me just trying to listen to the opportunities that people presented and ideas that people presented. That's pretty amazing that, I mean, if we could all live life that way, mm -hmm. or I shouldn't say if, when we when. all live life that way, right? <laughs> because it is that choice and you made that choice to do that. I love that you just listened and followed whatever guided you to be able to have that freedom is something that, you know, we all strive to tap into. And I really love that you created a family, a community along your journeys. This is your travel family. I think you called it right. And <laughs> being able to meet back up with them, you know, at various times to continue on more traveling time together. Yeah, we visited each other. I went out to um, Napa Valley, California to visit one of them. And um, we, uh, I think they actually got together in Texas for a football game. You know, it was just like, we've done interesting things. And for the, I mean, right away, we stay, you know, we just started staying in touch. And for four years, we were just weekly checking in on each other sharing good things, sharing hard things, but really just continuing to be there for each other. And to have that reunion, um, this pat, it was like Easter. I think we all met up on Easter, uh, of 2022. And so that was really special to have that time with them again. And it, just to see where we all were, because when you go on a spiritual journey like that, there's a reason you're there, you know, there, you have a question or you're seeking mm -hmm. something or, mm -hmm. And we were all going through something and we all made big changes in our life after that. And so yeah. to continue to support each other um, and, and really just know and love and see each other and to be seen is such an incredibly special thing. And to trust somebody to see you mm. is an incredible thing that you, you know, and to see someone for who they are is a gift to, to them. And so yeah, I, my Camino family is like really Im important to me. And I formed a new Camino family in, in Portugal and it was all women. And that was really cool too. So yeah. you've really learned, Kelly, what building community is and mm -hmm. what that what that means and, and how important it is for us to have that as human beings, to have each other. We were, you know, we were designed to have each other and be there for one another, lift each other. So I'm curious, Kelly, what was it like before? Were you lacking that in life, you know, before this, this big transition happened for you? Not really. I mean, we, we had a lot of friends and our, we were good friends with our neighbors, um, very close to my family. Uh, we all lived in the same city. We had all kind of left and come back all the, all my siblings. And um, very close with my in-laws. And so I had a lot of support as a married woman, but I also lived in the suburbs where everybody is married. And yeah. so once you're single and you're kind of this, you, I mean, I bought sure, out, it shifted. Yeah. And I, and I was internalizing the aloneness that I felt, you know, and yeah. nobody knows what this feels like. And oh, it's so awkward when we're all at dinner yeah. and everybody's couples except me. And um, you had to be brave to kind of step into that. And then, yeah. and so everything shifted. And then also the work family shifted, you know, there was, um, I wasn't the 
well, I was still kind of the boss, but I wasn't the owner anymore. And so now I have a boss instead of being the boss. And so it's that shifted for me too. And so it was like all these different, you know, and then the last kid is gone. Um, and all of those friendships you have through your children shift and people kind of peel out and go into their new things from yeah, whether it's retirement or moving or there's all kinds of ways you shift after empty nest hood. <laughs> but I did, I did have a great community, but it wasn't quite the fit that it had been before. Mm. Yeah. Cause things change. Absolutely. And our, our structures change and our needs change and the conversations change, don't they? So yeah. tell me, Kelly, you, you went on this spiritual journey. Many people say that they've had these incredible, life-changing, altering experiences. Did you have anything like that? Yes. I, I, I love to tell this because I think it, it, it's impactful what happened. And so when you, when you're hiking on the trail, you kind of very organically meet people and you might just be like stopping to take a picture or you might end up pacing along with someone and, or you might see somebody who stays at the same hostel as you three nights in a row on, in three different places. And you just start talking or you sit together with dinner and you start um, revealing things about yourself. So I, within four questions, usually you're there to your why, you know, um, what's your name? Where are you from? When did you get here? How far are you going? And why are you here? And the pilgrims on the trail are very open to discussing whatever challenge brought them there or whatever opportunity brought them there. And uh, sometimes it's like, I retired and this is a dream of mine. And sometimes it's, I'm going through a divorce and I need to figure out my what's next. And so, but there was a lot of heartache um, and mm. people were so open to share it. I think there's something about knowing the other person that you're talking to also is walking 500 miles and that they're there for a reason. It's just an innate trust that, that was there. And it was just, you don't see that in normal life. People are not as trusting. And so it was almost easier to talk to a complete stranger about the hard things in life because there was no judgment. There was no background um, there was no, they knew your husband too. You know, it was really just you and your story. And what I started to see is people were making space for each other. And I heard that term for the first time. And there was just like creating a safe space for someone to share. And so I just started learning that skill. And I've always been an empathetic person. I've always been a nice person. I've always wanted to help people, but I, I didn't understand the skill of just sitting back and listening and mm. not interjecting myself. I would, I was always like, Oh, I completely understand how you feel. Or, oh, that happened to me too. Oh, I remember when that happened to me. And then I would tell my story. Well, that's not necessarily what the other person needs. What they need is for you to listen. And so I feel like when I learned the skill of creating space for someone that made me a better mother better daughter, better sister, better friend, better boss. Um, and it's just a skill that I, I try to share when people ask, I just always say that's, you know, learning to, to forgive in a different way, um, a deeper way, and then learning to make space for people were really the two things I took away from the Camino. 
That is definitely something that we all should learn, right? And it's it's one of the most difficult things to learn to really mm-hmm. listen because we as human beings so much, we want to talk about ourselves and it's just this natural thing that we do. And to be able to just sit there and be present with something and fully listen and take it in uh, is something that we have to practice and that we have to continue learning. But I think that when we have some life altering events, it's a little easier maybe to do that. Once we start kind of calming down and we're like, well, this is what it is. And now I'm just, I'm going to flow with it and see what comes. I think because Kelly, you are open to whatever came your way, whatever experiences came and that you would just go along with it. I think that that really opened you up also to being able to fully listen to someone. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think learning to be, you know, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability being courageous. And I never, never really thought of it that way. And Um, I went through that whole experience with the Camino. And then I guess a year later, I see her call to courage video on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And she talks about, um, you know, people who really end up making a difference. Don't do that by just, you know, something automatically being easy for them. I mean, they had to be vulnerable. They had to take a risk. They had to believe in themselves and they had to be courageous. And so, um, it's, it is a courageous thing to believe in yourself. It is a courageous thing to invest in yourself. And, um, but being vulnerable and being a safe place for someone else to be vulnerable is, I, again, I, I think it's a gift. I think it's something that you give someone that they don't forget. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes people remember what you didn't say more than what you did. It's how you made them feel, not what you said. I think too, it's also reteaching the gift of that Mm -hmm. and, you know, showing somebody that grace and then they in turn want to show somebody else that. So moving Mm -hmm. along with that lesson and knowledge, you interviewed so many different people and especially for your book, I think that that is courageous and what a brilliant idea to be able to interview the people who really were the ones who impacted you the most, who gave you great advice. What made you make that decision? And I know you've talked a little bit about that you didn't really hear the, you know, the feedback maybe that you were expecting from your friends or other people when you went through that process. Yeah, sometimes I didn't like what they said to me. <laughs> and yet three months later, I, I hear I have I'm in another situation and I'm like, oh, that's what she meant. That's why she asked me that. And and then because we'd had that conversation, I was prepared in the moment, but I didn't know I was being prepared when the hard question was asked of me. And so, mm-hmm. you know, some, I, for example, Allison in the book says, you know, is it, is it possibility that, you know, that your husband betrayed you and you had to move on because you were meant to do something greater than what you would have done had you stayed married to him? that there's a greater calling for you and you wouldn't have been able to find it. And I did not want to hear that when she said it. <laughs> and it was really difficult to try to, to imagine that some, something that was 
the worst thing that had ever happened to me in my life was for the greater good. And, um, and so there's really conversations like that, that I want to, you know, hopefully trigger some thoughts within someone else that could that be true of me, you know, and there's things like, you know, when you're having a a really difficult conversation with someone, my, my in-laws taught me a long time ago to think, um, okay, can I take a step back here and honestly say to the person, you know, you could be right. Maybe I just, maybe we're both just not seeing clearly right now. And so you could be right. And so I'm going to take a step back. So it's a small little thing in in the overall picture of life. But if you can learn to think, okay, I'm not always right. And this person could be right. Or maybe there's, we're both right. And, and we just need to, to bring it together. To, to have a better understanding of each other. And I just didn't want it to be just my story. And that's really why I went to them and said, can you trust me enough to let me interview you? And my, I mean, I'm from the news background, yeah. so interviewing kind of came naturally, but hmm. um, but there was trust and vulnerability there. And I did give them a- aliases so you don't see their names so that they were very comfortable sharing their stories. And I, because I'm from Nashville, I gave them all country music star names like Loretta and Dolly. And I love that. <laughs> so. That's really, that's really sweet and kind, you know, to be able to, to give some real, real life stories and content and also protect that, that privacy because it, it is very difficult. And Kelly, like you, I get that where you're not necessarily wanting to make it all about you and share just your story. So you utilize other people as your buffer for your own story. And then some of your story just eventually starts trickling out, but it's not the full wham. And so it also gives us all that very human experience of we all are on this journey and we all have you know, different experiences, but so many similarities. And right. I would love to go back and marinate a little bit more on, you know, you had talked about when people tell you, oh, well, maybe this is happening for this greater good and you just don't see it yet. When we're in it and and people tell us that, it is so difficult to want to accept that Mm-hmm. Even if they may be right, you know, you, you talked about your in-laws teaching you that, you know, to look at their perspective and have a more of an open mind on things like that. But it's very difficult when things are so fresh and raw and it's, you don't see how there's any good that could possibly come out of this. Right. right. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. What are some other things that you did outside of doing your best to give it this bigger picture outlook? What are some other things that you did during that time to kind of bring yourself to a concept of maybe this is okay for me and I'm not sure why yet, but. Yeah. Well, I think it was really important to, I, my sister-in-law gave me a bracelet that um, right away, like the day I told her about we're getting a divorce and, and she brought me a bracelet that said, I am enough. And then she gave me another bracelet that said, um, my story is not over. And wow, sisters are being great. A writer, yeah, being a writer, like that was kind of a big deal to think, oh yeah, I, I'm going on. Like there's, I have a future. But yeah. the I am enough was a really big deal to me. And people would stop me. Like I remember sitting at uh, getting my nails done, at um, you know, getting a manicure and somebody 
saw that bracelet on my arm and they said, I'm really glad I saw that today. Like I needed that. Mm. Do you know where that bracelet came from? And I was like, no, but I'll find out. And I texted my sister-in-law right away. <laughs> but so a lot of people were touched by that. And now I see it a lot. In fact, I have a big sweatshirt that says you are enough. <laughs> mm. um, and I think that, you know, learning to focus on what makes me uh, who I am, what makes me special, what makes me different from other people and really just looking in the mirror and saying, I am enough. But I also had a very difficult time uh, forgiving. And so working on the practice of forgiveness through a practice of gratitude was, mm. uh, was a really big deal to me. Like being grateful for what I do have, what I did have, you know, it, it doesn't mean it went away what I did have. I did have a good marriage. I did have three beautiful children and we had a lovely home and our families are, you know, big loving family of 18 people just in the neighborhoods. Right. And so learning to be grateful for what I did have, even if I don't still have it. And, and then that led me to, you know, the practice of learning to forgive. And yeah. so I think that that really just constantly, you know, we have that negative thought that comes in, just smother it with a positive one, let that negativity roll out and, and try to think of something that is so great in your life that nobody else has this. This is your one thing and it's yours. So those were very, very powerful for you to have during those times. Yeah. And, and I love that, you know, the bracelet concept is a really neat thing where we can really wear some sort of powerful saying so others can see it because you're right. You never know if somebody really needs to see and hear that message. And mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything. It's just there. It's just like, you should know this, that, you know, you are enough and all of those things. So Kelly, mm -hmm. those were really great messages that you had um, tools that you had during the times. What are some of the tools that you utilize on a day in and day out basis now that, you know, to help keep your well-being in, in check? I mean, I do a morning and an evening meditation. Um, at, in the beginning, I couldn't meditate because mm. I was, there was just so much noise yeah. and so much regret and so much pain. And so I just started off meditating with the I am enough and I would just repeat it. So it was kind of like a, a meditation mantra. Ah. And I moved on to I am enough because, and then, you know, would focus okay. that somebody told me they loved about me. Mm -hmm. And, and now, I mean, I really moved into um, guided meditations and that really was helpful. So right on a daily practice now I do um, a, an abundance meditation in the morning and an abundance meditation in the evening because I think that that's, you know, that's gratitude. That's um, mm. believing that your life is already full, already abundant. And, and being grateful for that attracts more abundance. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just like the more you love other people, the more love you get back. It's the law of attraction, but it's really just, it's just putting it out into the world so that that boomerangs back. And that's, I mean, I think that's my most important practice right now. I really like that you touched on that in the beginning and kind of that journey through the meditation, because meditation, I feel too, is one of the key things 
that that really brings us to the that world that we don't get to live. It's like that moment of peace and creation where we can just escape to and and really start creating the reality that we want. So there's so much power in meditation. And many people in the beginning, they're like, well, I can't because there's too much noise. And so I really like that you, again, touched on that and shared that, you know, at first I just said these three words and then it went on to these four words, you know, and it was just like, but I went into this continued practice daily of reminding myself. And then I grew from there into, you know, broader practices. Yes. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, wonderful. Well, we're going to move into the next commercial. And when we get back, I can't wait to hear more about the books and what your favorite book is after mm -hmm. all of your self-help guidance that you went on. <laughs> so stay tuned. Bella Grace Skincare. It's more than skincare. It's your shortcut to a more youthful, healthy, and beautiful you. Step one, cleanse with the Enzyme Collagen Cleanser. Gently exfoliates and removes dead skin cells, brightens and evens out skin tones, repairs damage caused by environmental stressors, protects skin's barrier function. Use daily for clean, smooth, glowing skin. Experience the Bella Grace Enzyme Collagen Cleanser for a refreshing start and a radiant finish. Step two, treat with the Dewy Serum. Deeply hydrates and locks in moisture. Protects from free radical damage. Targets multiple signs of aging. Boosts microcirculation. Revealing a youthful, radiant, dewy complexion. Dewy Serum goes beyond ordinary skincare, leading you to a realm of glowing, rejuvenated beauty. Step three replenish with the Collagen Plumping Moisturizer. Reduces fine lines and wrinkles. Deeply hydrates. Boosts collagen production. Firms and smooths the skin. Experience an intense surge of moisture that leaves your skin feeling supple and soft to the touch. Celebrate your skin and elevate your beauty with Bella Grace Skincare. can find out more about Bella Grace in the description below. And as we talk about sponsors, I want to mention we have a brand new sponsor that just is coming on today. And it's Melissa Dealey. She's one of our past guests. And she is creating this new incredible course, The Ultimate Power of Hypnosis. It's going to be airing in September. And you can also find information in the description below. So back to you, Kelly. You have also some awesome courses and you created this book, you're creating this community. We're going to talk more about that. But first let's dive into some of the people and influences that you had before you created your own. I, um, I love the, a lot of the self-help books now. I think my favorite 
overall book my whole life is Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. (laughs) Classic. But yes, I love Jane Austen. I love all her books, but Pride and Prejudice is my favorite. And it's because of how the people interact with each other, Mm. how she shows you how your pride can actually hold you back and how things that you see as, you know, um, being superior to people like really create prejudice in your life. I think there's so many amazing messages and that's definitely my favorite book, but the self-help books that have really impacted me that I think the secret is, is uh, the first book that actually helped me understand the law of attraction and how important what I was putting out into the world how that's coming back to me. And, and it's changed my life to, to have that understanding that if I'm negative and I'm feeling sorry for myself, that's exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That was mine too. One of my, my favorite things where you, you come into this concept, gosh, that was released a while ago. (laughs) Now 2006, maybe. Yeah, but just the the like the opening up to the awareness of the attraction possibility and what we think of and we create and it it puts you down if you're very interested in it in this I think they even say it in the show or another show like but tumbling down that rabbit hole, right? And how yeah. deep do you want to go because it'll keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and nobody really knows the end of it and there really is no end of it. So right. That's really cool. The secret. Yeah. And I think the, the calling in the one for any single people out there, Catherine Woodward Thomas's Mm. book course on mind Valley was really impactful to me. And it's more about that, more about, um, understanding, you know, your, your triggers and what you're putting out into the world because of those triggers, you know, what happens to you as a child or as a young adult, you know, still can be manifesting inside you. And so, Mm dealing with that and then understanding that what we talked about earlier, that what you're, you know, what you want in a partner you need to be. And I think that was probably my biggest takeaway right now. I'm reading the power of now and um, the success principles by Jack Canfield. And they're both really impactful as well. And still a lot about, you know, the attraction law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, that being said, you're very excited, Kelly, now about this new program that you're creating. Do you want to share a little bit about that, this new excitement you have? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you for asking. Um, so uh, at my website, you can find out all about this, but it is called the Momentum Effect. So everything I'm, I'm writing about and developing is about effect because I want people to think about that law of attraction and the effect that it has on your life. Mm. Um so, we, you know, what we were talking about is that common thread that women were feeling about something's missing and um, that there's just some a void in their lives at a certain time. It just naturally comes. And because that is actually a calling and it's a it's a beautiful thing to, you know, to know that the next chapter is waiting on you. I built the process and that to find that. And it's and that that's what the momentum effect is. And it's a six month program and it's done in a circle of 12 women and the women come together and they work on 
discovering their new life purpose because your life purpose was raising your family and you did that. Mm -hmm. your, your life purpose was building a career and you did that. So what's what's your life purpose now? And that's what you're being called to is that purpose. And so mm -hmm. life purpose, the vision, the um, letting go of hard things and a new passion of mine, which I've learned from this wonderful woman, Tasha Chen, and uh, about deserving this, like women have a really hard time. They have a scarcity mindset around money sometimes and a lot of times. And she uh, teaches, she's just so passionate about deserving this and understanding that what we work for, we deserve. And sometimes what others work for, you know, if you're an at-home mom, you still deserve that. And there's just some beautiful lessons. So the program is six masterclasses. Um, every month is a new masterclass on those topics I was bringing up. And then we also get in mastermind format where the 12 women come together every month and share what they learned from the masterclass and what they, what they got out of the empowerment practices that they'll have as homework. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and we're having a retreat in October where all 12 women will come together and oh, love that old vision boards and uh, learn about mindfulness and meditation and so it's a really beautiful program. And these masterclass teachers are the experts in the subjects. And yeah. I just wanted women not to just hear from me, like just like in my book, I want to gather women together and let us all teach each other. Let us learn from each other, support each other, stand in solidarity with each mm -hmm. other while we figure out our what's next. And so that's what it's providing a way to figure out your what's next. That's awesome. Our stories are so powerful. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm curious, Kelly, is there... Is there something behind the number 12 for 12 women? Oh, gosh. Um, I just knew from the beginning it was going to be 12. So it just kind of came to me. <laughs> but I do I do feel like there's a in numerology there. You know, there is a lot of power in the 12. And somebody even said um, there needs to be 11 of them because 11 is also a powerful number. And you are number 12. And so it's been funny how people give me their opinions on the 12. And I think 10 is also great, you know, if, if it ends up being 10 instead of 12, but not really other than I just kind of went into a meditative state when I wrote about all of that, I just basically wrote a book. Um, and it all just kind of flowed through me. It felt very, you know, like the universe, God, somebody was giving it to me so that I could pass it on to other women, just like the book. And, yeah. and so, um, so I don't know, it just came to me. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, you, you have this incredible collaboration of stories of interviews in your book. Is there one specific one that really, really hits you hard or really moved you? Yeah, forgiveness, because I think it's the hardest thing for everybody. And it was the last chapter I wrote. It was the book was written and I knew and forgiveness was part of another chapter. And I I knew well, my editor said, I think you got this chapter's too long. You need to break it up and forgiveness needs its own chapter. And mm. and that really comes from, you know, my friend uh, Loretta in the book. Um pulls me aside and says, I still see anger in you. And I know wow. you're traveling and you're living your best life. But when you, you know, when it, when it comes to talking about your ex and, and the betrayal, there's the anger just comes over you. And I said, well, I definitely still feel pain. I don't feel anger. And she said, well, 
whether it's pain or anger, you haven't dealt with it. Yeah. And so she, that's when she introduced the secret to me. Mm-hmm. And I, had, I was at her house in Maryland and I was driving to Boston and she said, I'm going to, I'm going to pay for it, the secret. And I want you to listen to it on the way up with the audible. Oh, that's so and cool. I did. And, <laughs> and it introduced a practice to me of, well, at first it helped me understand that forgiveness isn't a practice. It is not a one or two or three time thing. It is a daily practice when you mm-hmm. are in uh, a situation of betrayal or a lot of pain. And it yeah. gave me the words I had been seeking. I, did, I didn't know what to do or what to say or how to get there, but it, it gave me the words. I forgive you. I release you. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that, I was like, no way. <laughs> but after I practiced and I held myself accountable, I told my kids, I told my family, I told my friends, I want you to hold me accountable. I need to do this for me. Yeah. And even after I did get through to the point where I forgave him or them, I still wasn't feeling right. And I realized I had to forgive myself. I had yeah. to forgive myself for staying in a situation where I was unhappy where I was unloved and for fighting for something for so long when it wasn't what was best for me. And so I had to tell the old Kelly that she was forgiven so that the new Kelly could move on. Yeah. Because (laughs) there's, there's still a journey ahead. Or what was that? um, Your sister-in-law told you. My story is not over. (laughs) Your story is not over. Yeah. I really like that. Next chapter. And that's next chapter. What do we want to create? Oh, that's so cool. Well, Kelly, it's been such a pleasure having you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. I want to make sure the audience knows where to find your website. It's here on the screen. It's also going to be in the description below. And so for those of you who are tuning in, you know, visually and or tuning in, listening in, I want you to make sure you have access to it. I invite you to look into her website. It is www cKcollins.com that is c o l l i n s.com so kelly is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience today i think um my passion is helping people realize that they have power i think when you go through something really difficult you feel powerless you feel like everybody else is making the decisions and you just have to deal with it it's not true And your power is in your choice, your choice to choose yourself, your choice to make your own difference in your life. And if you don't choose to be happy, if you don't make the choice to do something, that is also a choice. You're choosing to stay where you were. Don't do that. Make a choice to do something for yourself and take that first step forward. And then you get momentum and then you get to keep going and you find your happiness. I love that. Beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you again, Kelly, so much for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. And I want to say goodbye to everyone for now, and we will see you later. (laughs) Bye.